Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 933 of the Juice Box Podcast. On today's program, program, what am I, my grandmother? Is it 1978? My program's on. On today's episode, I'll be speaking with David. He's the father of a child with type 1 diabetes, and he and I go down a number of different rabbit holes together. Uh, the topics of those holes are uh, lost on me at the moment, meaning I forget. But uh, while you're trying to figure it out, please remember that nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. All right, you ready? Three quick ways to save money. Your first month of therapy at betterhelp.com forward slash juicebox will be accompanied by a 10% savings for using that link. If you want to start with AG1 from Athletic Greens, you will get five free travel packs and a year supply of vitamin D with my link, athleticgreens.com forward slash juicebox. And you can save 35% off your entire order at cozyearth.com when you use the offer code juicebox at checkout. This episode of the Juicebox Podcast is sponsored by Touched by Type 1. Go to touchedbytype1.org, go to their events tab, and you'll be able to get tickets to see me speak live pretty soon. It's June now, so I mean in a couple of months if I'm if I'm not forgetting the date. I could look on my calendar, but it's late. Touchedbytype1.org. Go check them out. The podcast is also sponsored today by Cozy Earth. The last thing I do tonight before I go to bed, I'm going to take a shower and then I'm going to towel off with my new Cozy Earth towels. What a joy. What a joy this is going to be. You can get those same towels and save 35% at CozyEarth.com when you use the offer code JUICEBOX at checkout. They also have bedding and uh, loungewear, uh, all kinds of great stuff. You can't go wrong at CozyEarth.com. I guess everybody says that. So, uh, you know, it's funny. I think most people are nervous. I think if you listen, you can hear it dissipates in the first 10 minutes. Usually, um, some people hold on to it the whole time. Some people think they're not nervous then they are. Um, <laughs> but I don't know how you wouldn't be, you know, it's not something you do every day. I'm not nervous. Yeah. Just so you know, David, I'm as cool and calm as you could possibly imagine. <laughs> as well, that's, that's good. <laughs> in fact, right now I'm thinking to myself, do I want to sneak a look at what David said when he when he sent in his his choice of dates, or do I just want to wing it? That's literally where I'm at at the moment. I don't even remember what I sent in. Oh, well, now that's <laughs> so, see, now that makes it interesting. Okay, introduce yourself real quick. You don't need to use your last name. Okay, I'm uh, I'm David. Uh, live in Wisconsin. I have a uh, son with type one diabetes. Uh, he's was diagnosed in August of uh, 2019. 2020, 21, three years this summer. Yep. Have you ever been on another type one podcast? Uh, no, I've never been on a podcast. No, I know I'm reading your, I'm reading your, your intake. Hold on a second. I think, do you think people are just amazed that I have any kind of system at all in place? They're just like, wow, this guy thought this through a little bit. Uh, your T1 parent have not been on a podcast. Um, some of the ep- things you're hoping to cover being a parent type one. 
Oh, you said how Omnipod Dexcom and the podcast improved your life. Called it the Oh yeah. Yeah, you called it the diabetic trinity. Um <laughs> Yeah. If anybody's wondering, that's how David got on the show today. <laughs> <laughs> no, but before that, I before you even sent that in, I, I asked you to come on. So um why don't we talk a little bit about it? So let's get a little background here. Um do you have type one? Uh no, I don't. Anyone else in your family have it besides your child? So before my son had it, you know, everybody was like, no, nobody has anything. But then after uh, digging a little bit, my uh, my mom's grandma had it and my mom's cousin had it. Oh, your mom's grandma. OK, I see that that's a little far away that your mom might have been too young to know about that. Nope. Yeah, she after like. After like I guess reimmersing in you know into it like shots and all that kind of stuff, then my mom's like, oh, I remember when I was a kid, like they taught her how to give her cousin a shot. So, but now she's like, she she doesn't like doing that. She she like is afraid of you know giving shots. So I don't know if her having to do it as a kid was like gotten her somewhat head. traumatizing yeah, yeah. or what. I, I love that you're like, does anybody in our family have this? You're like, no, hold on. Yes. <laughs> but yeah. She, she had to yeah. When it. you, you know, when you're having a kid and everybody's like pulling up all the, you know, history, like our, our doctor um, uh, asked, like, do we have anything? And, you know, I'm texting everybody and everybody's like, no, nah, no, nah, we're good. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> when you said you dug deeper, what did that mean? Did you just look at them and go, are you sure? <laughs> yeah. I was yeah. like, uh, you don't. Like nobody in our family has this. And then my mom's like, oh yeah, I forgot. I was like, oh, did she say it in that Wisconsin accent? Did she go? Oh yeah. <laughs> like that. <laughs> no, I don't sound like that. Do I? No, of course not. David. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little bit. It's okay. I can't, I can hardly hear it. Um, Okay, so that that's interesting enough that, that just under pressure, it sounds like your mom's childhood trauma kicked back in, and she was like, wait a minute, I do remember this. Um, yeah, the, the first time she, I was like, go ahead, give him a shot. And we use, uh, it's called a shop locker. Well, we don't use that anymore because we have um, Omnipod, but we used a shop locker, and my son's like, yeah, I can't even feel it. And my mom was like shaking, like her hand was shaking. She was like, uh, I don't want to do this. I'm like, it's fine. <laughs> Doesn't matter. I'm not doing it one way or the other. Well, that's, that's, uh, maybe she'll get there. I don't know. It's been three years now. She was probably like, get a pump. <laughs> yeah. Going. She, yeah. We got the Omnipod. She's like, Oh, this is awesome. <laughs> now I'll watch your kid again. <laughs> yeah. Did you My have- dad like never phased him. He's like, what do I got to do? I'm like, Oh, just do this, this, and this. He's like, okay. Yeah. Well, you know, I understand that too. Did you ever, but did you obviously ever, he didn't have to do it when he was a little kid to stun his cousin. So yeah. I don't know, he might have remembered it as fun. Yeah, you know, boys and girls can be different in ways like that. Like, wait, I get to stab my cousin? Amazing. <laughs> Bring it to me. Did you ever find that cousin? Track up track her down? Um, so my mom's cousin did pass away. Oh, that must have been incredibly encouraging to you. Yeah. yeah. I was like, uh, what? And there, but I don't I don't know if that had anything to do with it or, you know. It's um, hard to find out too. Yeah, yeah. I really haven't. I really haven't just dug into it yet. I guess. Did she pass earlier than you would expect a person to? Um. I well, I think it was a. I think her cousin was a guy. No, I'm sorry. Um. No, it's okay. Uh, I, I don't even know the age, but I want to say, like, 
40s somewhere in that so yeah quite yeah. probably quite earlier than normal that was earlier than i was hoping to go for sure so yeah as i was growing up i was like i gotta at least make it through my 40s right um yeah. okay all right well all right let's not look into that right now because his situation is very likely incredibly different than than yours um so tell me a little bit about the diagnosis how did it go down um, so it obviously summertime, uh, we had actually gone to the doctor prior, uh, because he was kind of having those symptoms. So, um, you know, wetting the bed like two, three times a night. Um, so we went to the doctor and the funny thing was, so I'm an EMT. So I was like, ah, something's wrong here, you know? Mm -hmm. And, but I hate to like web MD stuff, you know, it, that always sends you down like the worst, <laughs> the worst path. Oh yeah, sure. So we, t we got him, uh, you know, appointment as doctor took him in and, uh, he kind of talked us out of it. You know, he was like, I don't do this very often, but I clicked the wrong button. And for a half a second, I was not recording you. Uh, I just no, start, okay. I, my apologies. Uh, the doctor tried to talk you out of it. You know how kids can wet the bed. And even though my son, you know, didn't for a long time, just like, like normal kids. And he went back to wetting the bed. And, uh, so he kind of talks us out of it and goes through a bunch of stuff and like, just keeps kind of leading us away from anything medical. Mm -hmm. And it never, I don't know, it didn't sit well with me. Um, but you know, like you've said in the past, like doctors have this like, uh, ability to kind of lead you and you just trust them and so also then, i would say let me say this i think pediatricians have a job and they just kind of assess what's going on in the town and then they try to apply what you're saying to what they notice happening because most of the time kids don't have type 1 diabetes and so they're they're looking for what makes the most sense the problem is you didn't know that you had autoimmune in your family because webmd and rabbit holes uh, leading you to bad things. It's, sometimes it's more accurate when you have autoimmune issues in your life. So, um, yeah, 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 I've kind of, as stuff has popped up, I've kind of noticed that, you know, like, um, like my girlfriend, she has, uh, um, she had some thyroid issues and then, um, I was like, well, you should look at other, cause she was having like eye issues. And I was like, well, from the podcast, I learned that if you have one kind of autoimmune, you might have another, you know, you're more susceptible. So she started doing her own research and found about like Graves eye disease. Mm -hmm. And, um, that's, that ended up being what she had. Wait a minute. Your girlfriend has Graves. Yeah. Graves, Graves eye disease. Okay. I guess it's different than okay. just graves just, i don't i don't really know she's explained it to me pretty much like i've explained diabetes to her we have a basic understanding of it but like yeah i guess there's um issues with the eye it can it can like bulge a little bit she can get i think headaches she has like blurred vision sometimes from it she thought it was all the doctors thought it was you know eye issues um you know <clears throat> kept sending her to Pearl Vision get her, Center. Her, get her glasses checked. Oh, you need a you need a new prescription. And she's like, No, I've gotten multiple prescriptions. None of them help. Let me ask you a question, just because you said something that threw me off a little bit. So let's start over. You're a person. You have one kid. Yes, I have one child. You have a girlfriend. 
Yes. Is the girlfriend the child's mom? No. Ah, okay. So ironically, your kid has an autoimmune disease and you found a girlfriend with an autoimmune disease. Yeah. Look at you. Yeah, it was at the, after too. Like she, you know, we've been dating for a while and then she was having these issues and I'm like, you gotta, gotta go to the doctor, figure out what it is. And they were kind of sending her down, you know, different paths. And she was, she has like the, you know, like that feeling like this is wrong. Like, I don't know what they're saying. And I'm like, well, you think it's wrong, then we got to like do our own research or Keep something. Pushing. Yeah. Go to a different doctor or something. So, David. but yeah, she did her own research and I think her, her aunt was like, look this up. And cause she was like looking up like other autoimmunes and then uh, ended up finding out it. Yeah. She found Graves. eye disease. well, it was Graves disease. And then they, they like, said it's just Graves eye disease or whatever. Well, you're like a divining rod for autoimmune issues. Yeah, unfortunate for everybody around me. Yeah, well, it's one way to look at it. Maybe you just have a gift. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, I'm sorry for her. Is she did she find? What is she doing for the for the eye stuff? Um. Well, so there's there's some medicine they have her on, which uh, helps it, and um, it's kind of just something you're, I guess, stuck with. Um. So, but she did have um like thyroid cancer, which like led to finding the eye disease. So they removed the thyroid. So that has, um, that can actually, I guess the doctor said there's a chance it might help the graves, mm -hmm. like might not flare up or whatever as often. So it's just kind of one of those things she's, uh, you know, well, yeah. So living with and learning about I'm Googling here because I don't want to, I don't want to test my memory while we're recording, but um, Graves disease treatments, radioactive iodine, anti-thyroid medicines, surgery, thyroidectomy, a complete. Yeah, yeah. So she had she had a thyroidectomy, um, not to fix the Graves, uh, but because they found cancer in there. Sure. So the they doctor was like, "Well, side effects. This might help the Graves." <laughs> She's like, "What? <laughs> it's your lucky day, sweetheart." Um, yeah. Did they take the entire thyroid or a piece? Oh uh, yeah. Okay. So she's on a re so that's interesting because now she needs a thyroid replacement. But if you have Graves, you need an anti-thyroid medication. So maybe she's just on a lower dose. This is me guessing now. Of of a thyroid yeah, I don't know the exact dose. I know because I think that's that runs in like your family too, right? Yeah, but hold, hold give me a second. Uh, I'm I'm scrolling Graves disease and thyroid eye disease, which they call TED need different medicines. Medicine for Graves disease treats the thyroid. Medicine for Ted treats the eyes. That's why medicine for one won't work for the other. Oh, so you, she is putting something in her eyes? Um, like eye drops or whatever? I'm I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah, she yeah. has she has uh some eye drops that were like prescribed and then there's some other stuff that they have her take. Mm -hmm. Um there's like one over the counter thing, I don't even remember what it is, and then and then some medicine because of the thyroid. But uh, is that I know I was at, I was asking her like, well, what are your levels? Like, I even know what I'm talking about. And she was like, well, they want it around here. And I was like, I think that's what I heard on the podcast. <laughs> well, it, well, then that's right. Because I heard that on a podcast. So you're all. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, I, I trust it. If I heard it on this podcast podcast, I've uh, 
I definitely trust it because it tends to be correct. That's very kind of you and and somehow scary to me. But <laughs> thank you. I do my best. Uh, okay. Well, that's interesting. Um, anybody else around you have autoimmune? Have you, did you sniff them out at work or anywhere else? I am not embarrassed to tell you that I am sitting here again making a Cozy Earth ad in Cozy Earth joggers. That's just how soft they are. I spent a lot of my day today making social media for the podcast. So um, I only had to be, uh, you know, like reasonably dressed from the waist up. And so I took the opportunity to wear these joggers all day. And I am so happy. You have no idea how soft they are and light, but warm, but not hot, but cool, but uh, they're perfect. Are they perfect? They might be perfect. CozyEarth.com. Use the offer code JUICEBOX to save 35% on your entire order. Now, I'm on the website right now. I'm seeing a little click here for like a $50 credit. You might get that the first time you log on. There's clothing for men, for women. There's bedding. They break it down by uh, bestsellers. Uh, what else I got here? Oh, uh, bath accessories. Accessories? Is that a word? It is, right? I have the waffle towels. Oh, my goodness. Now, let me tell you what color they're in. I've got the waffle towels in a, what they call a... Um, uh, is it white? I think I got white. I'm like, how I'm like, I'm not sure what they call that. It's white. <laughs> I'm not embarrassed. I uh, So I've got the black joggers. The white towels. I have a blue sweatshirt. It's a um, ultra soft bamboo hoodie. Fantastic. Uh, Arden has these um, pajama pants. Like uh, maybe they're not. Maybe they're joggers. I'm not sure. Uh, but they fit her perfectly. You know, Arden's not a person who puts on clothing and goes, "I love it a lot." And uh, I said, "Hey, you know, Curse the Earth sent you some pants to try." She pulled them right on, came out, and she goes, hey, these are, these are really great. And I was like, uh-huh, I knew it. I knew it, I knew it, I knew it. I knew you would like those. And I think you might like some of this stuff as well. Just go check it out, CozyEarth.com. If you want something, great. If you don't, I mean, I understand. But don't forget, if you're buying, juice box at checkout to save 35%. I also want to uh, quickly mention... That Touched by Type 1, longtime sponsor of the podcast. If you go to their webpage and go to programs, I might have said events at the beginning, but I meant programs. Scroll down to annual conference. And oh, there's a date. September 16th, 2023. Is a free conference for individuals of all ages and backgrounds. The goal is to educate, encourage, and empower all lives touched by type 1 diabetes, whether they have type 1 or just a connection to someone who does. You hear what I'm saying here? If you have any connection to type 1 diabetes, registration opens on August 1st. You can get absolutely free tickets to come to this wonderful event. I've spoken at every, every Touched by Type 1 event. They are, don't tell the big orgs this, but best run, lovely, beautiful surroundings. The food is terrific. The speakers are great. So many great people are going to be there this year. I don't know if I'm allowed to tell you who. I know a number of them. What I can tell you for sure is I am one of them. Touchedbytype1.org. Go check it out. There are links in the show notes of the podcast player you're listening in right now and links at juiceboxpodcast.com to Cozy Earth. 
Touched by Type 1, and all the sponsors. Um, I'm trying to think. I don't I don't think anybody Alright. So maybe you're not a divining else. rod then. Never mind. Yeah, I just uh, found okay. a couple. Yeah. So how old is I'm sorry, your son, right? Yeah. yeah. So he was born in twenty twelve. So he'll be ten this summer. Oh, okay. So he was about seven when he was diagnosed. Yeah, yeah. He just turned seven because his birthday's at the end of June and then he was diagnosed in the beginning of August. Okay. Before we keep going, is there a dog in your room pushing yes. a bone around on the floor? <laughs> yeah, I got a little uh a little frenchy he's is he loud whatever he's doing i find myself wishing he wasn't doing it <laughs> here let me grab his thanks give him something softer to play with yeah he was should definitely chewing on something or put a carpet in the room or something i don't know is it a hardwood floor oh no that was his uh teeth on the bone like, that, that was his like breathing oh okay he was like snorting while he was chewing his toy i see oh for over here it sounded like uh something clacking on a floor um my obviously basil is a mostly a french bulldog and um but his snorting is intermittent like you won't notice him and then all of a sudden it's it's there oh yeah he hasn't snorted all morning yeah <laughs> he just he's, he's like, like oh you're on a podcast and it's now it's time i think that guy's recording his voice <laughs> yeah it's yeah. crazy um anyway nice dogs a little stupid but in a nice way i don't know about yours mine is a little dopey <laughs> oh no he's he's pretty smart he's a little puppy still though oh wow well good for you mine's uh mostly okay and then the dumb <laughs> the dumb things he does are incredibly stupid you're just like wow all right buddy um anyway son's diagnosed uh what were the symptoms what drew you to believe it um, so he had the, the extreme, you know, bedwetting that was like the, the big red flag. And then, uh, and then he, uh, he was with his mom. Jeez. The dog is like, really see now I made smart. you aware of the dog. <laughs> yeah. Um, so then, uh, he was with his mom and, um, she had called me and was like, I'm taking him to the hospital. He's vomiting and, She's like, something's wrong. So her, um, you know, intuition kind of was like, I, I need to take him to the hospital. Something's, something's wrong. Mm -hmm. So we ended up going, there's a, there's a children's clinic in our, like in our city. So we took him there and now, so like, I don't know if I said it before, but like I'm an EMT firefighter. So I used to work in this area. So I know some of the hospitals, but I, I'd never, this clinic is new. So I really didn't know it. Mm -hmm. So we took him there and they, um, they start going through their questions. And then the doctor, like I can see it in his face. You know, I, I work with like, you know, doctors and nurses every once in a while and stuff. And, uh, I was like something, he knows what's, what it is. Like he has it in his mind, but he's not telling us yet. I was like, okay, that's, that's weird. So they're like, we're going to do a blood sugar. And I had actually thought about, um, doing a blood sugar. Like I was at the store earlier that week, like, man, I should just buy one of these and just like test it and mm -hmm. see. And I was like, 
after visiting with the doctor or whatever, it's, it was like, Oh, I'm just, I'm just overthinking this. So the doctor tests his blood sugar and it's, I want to say it was, uh, six, six seventy or six ninety or something like that. Wow. So really high. So immediately then I knew. And, um, then, uh, they, the nurse, I think actually, I think it was the nurse that tested cause she left. And then, um, his mom looked at me and was like, what does that mean? And I was like, um, it's not good. So like one of the things we get taught in EMT is like, like a sweet breath. So mm-hmm. I was like, Hey, just breathe on me. So he's like breathing on me and I can, it just smells like starburst. And I'm like, did he have any candy before, you know, on the ride over here? And she's like, no, no, he can't, he couldn't eat anything. And I was like, okay, well, I'm like, I'm like, he has diabetes. And then she was like, are you sure? And I'm like, I've like never been more sure. Yeah. So, um, the doctor comes in and then he's like, uh, we can't do anything here. And I was like, what do you mean? You can't do anything here. He's like, well, we can't even give IVs here. And I'm like, well, this was a waste of time. (laughs) So, so I'm like, okay, well, when we're going to go to the hospital and he's like, you need, we need to call an ambulance. And we're like right down the road from the hospital. Not, not, not for nothing too. If they called an ambulance and you were working, you might come to pick him up. So, (laughs) yeah, well, now I don't work in the area. So I would like, I I don't know, uh, like I maybe in the past, I would have known the guys. But I don't, um, you know, I didn't know any of them. And uh, so I was like, well, that no, I'll just take them to the hospital myself. And they're arguing with me. No, it's a liability thing and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, let me sign an AMA, which is um, yeah. uh, basically lets advice. you. Yeah, yeah. It basically relieves them if anything were to happen to my son, you David, know. And I know so that. I know that from Grey's Anatomy. That's all I just wanted to say. Okay. Thank you. Go ahead. <laughs> So, uh, the doctor is like arguing with me and he's like, well, fine, go up front and sign it. So I go up front and sign it. And then nothing happens. Like my son's not there. His mom's not with him. I'm like, what, what was going on? So I like try to go in back and the door's locked cause it's a clinic. And I'm like, I need to go back there. So I go back there and the doctor's like, still like, you know, kind of arguing with her, like pressuring her into calling an ambulance and, I'm like, dude, I know how this works. Like, it's going to be three minutes before they get in the ambulance. It's going to take them five to seven minutes to get here. They're going to have to load them up. They're going to have to do stuff. That takes three or four minutes. Then the drive there, even if they're lights and sirens, is it really doesn't save that much time. Yeah, if you just shut up, we could get there before. I'm like, I could have them there in four minutes. Yeah. Like, I'm like, it's fine. And they're like really adamant about it. And I'm like, then just call an ambulance. So he ends up going by ambulance. Uh, to the local hospital, I told him because there's two hospitals. So I told him which one that I wanted him to go to. And then, uh, yeah, of course, I got in the car and I beat him there by about, I don't know, five to seven minutes. <laughs> like I said, I would. <laughs> hey, I, I want to take a little detour for a second. How long? Ha- well, let me start at the beginning. Were you and his mom ever married? Yes. Okay. How long had you been not married at this point? Um. About, I want to say like a year and a half to two years, somewhere around there. Would you describe your co-parenting as 
like nice like up until then was it going well or did you not talk to each other very much i'm trying to figure out how this um it was it was going pretty good and i'd say i'd say before that on a scale one to ten it was like a six or seven you know it's i mean you're divorced for you know a reason you know so there's always that but um but when it came to my son, I I thought it was going pretty good. Okay, David, I have to tell you, I'm married, and I think communication at a six or a seven sounds like a win <laughs> to me. <laughs> you said that, I was like, what'd they get divorced for? <laughs> so, um, okay, so you guys were getting along okay, so it wasn't difficult for you to be in the room together or any of that stuff? No, okay, no, okay. I I mean... Not for you. And I, I obviously, I can't, yeah, I can't speak for her, right. but, um, you know... There's, a, there's a long an outside possibility. She's standing there thinking, oh, this ass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I got you. There's definitely a possibility of that. <laughs> um, but yeah, for, I mean, for me, I, you know, I've always tried to just like look at it like, you know, what's the best for my son? Like sure. if I have to be in an uncomfortable position, but it's best for him, then, then that's fine with me, you know? Excellent. No, no. I just want to understand because as we move forward, I feel like it's going to unfold. So I didn't want to not have context going there. All right. So you're at the hospital, you get done waiting for your son to arrive. They, um, do they take you at your word that he has type one? Cause you're like, you just came from the clinic. You don't have to well, do all that over. Yeah. So, well, I, I just told the like receptionist, I'm like, uh, so there's an ambulance on the way. Um, my son's in it. And I just said he has diabetes. I really didn't know. Um, you know, I knew one of them, you, from the basics, I knew one, you basically took insulin and one, you, you know, took a pill. Mm-hmm. Um, I was 90% sure it wasn't the pill one. And I was like, yeah, this one's going to be a little bit harder than, you know, diet and exercise and that. Cause obviously he's a nine-year-old kid that was, was playing soccer at the time. I was like, it's not like he's, you know, out of shape or right. anything like that. Wow, that's a really it's interesting too to hear to hear you talk about it from an EMT perspective because I've heard it from a nurse's perspective. I've heard it from a I've, there have been physicians on here whose kids have been diagnosed have been diagnosed themselves. But an EMT, like I think it's interesting for people to hear that like what you knew was a number above a certain thing meant diabetes. That, oh yeah, that, I knew really I knew it. that. Yeah, I knew that 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 high was just because, you know, we're looking at um, 80 to kind of like 120 is our, you know, normal range. Obviously, um, there's other things that can, um, you know, raise that. And actually listening to the podcast gives me a lot more context because say we have like a patient at my work and, you know, their their blood sugars say 180, but. I know that they're super stressed out and maybe, or they've just ate or something like that. You have that context of that. It's uh, maybe you know, this, well, that's, maybe that's why, a, you know, yeah, yeah. the adrenaline or whatever. Right. Not an emergent problem, but something that happens to people that you don't you never know. Cause you're not testing their blood sugar usually. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's interesting. Well, I'm glad I can help it work. Um, <laughs> okay. So uh, yeah, you've long? made, you've made me the, the, resident expert at work well i would like to let all the people of wisconsin know that they are welcome (laughs) in a very i'm making a benevolent wave right now i i'm really joking so uh, um (laughs) how long were you in the hospital um let's see uh okay well so so then they 
they transported him from that hospital to Children's in Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we were at Children's Milwaukee for, I want to say, maybe three days. Okay. Brought his blood um, sugar down slowly. Started. Edu- yeah, educating. yeah. They had him um, some kind of uh, uh, some kind of. I don't know if it was like a you know policy or something that they had him in the ICU the first night, mm-hmm. and I think it had to do just because he uh, originally was like vomiting. Yeah. So they um, they had him in the ICU the first night, and then they moved him the second like day into just a regular room. Well, he was probably then, in DKA when he got there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah, so it takes a lot more. Um, takes a lot more nursing. It takes different equipment to you know to slowly bring your blood sugar down in a safe way. They do not want to just like yak your blood sugar down very quickly. So yeah, yeah. yeah he had like uh, basically was a like a bag hanging of insulin, and it had went through a pump, and then it would like it very would like dose infusion. him and yeah. then they would they would just check him like every hour to make sure it was coming down mm-hmm. um at this point does he live mostly with you with his mom or is it pretty equal uh it's it's pretty equal i mean a lot of it uh deals with my uh my schedule at work so okay that's like a huge factor but he's definitely with 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 us like split 50 50 as, okay. as much as possible i mean obviously stuff comes up and we will swap days or whatever yeah so are you both there becoming educated and doing it together yeah yeah so we were both we were both in the hospital um doing you know all the in hospital education of course i'm my family always jokes like i love to do research and i really don't uh i just kind of get down those rabbit holes. I start, you know, reading about something and then it sends me somewhere else and then somewhere else. And mm. next thing you know, I've spent like three hours reading about something or whatever that I've been looking up. So yeah, I, I did, uh, immediately I was like, I want to, I want this thing called a Dexcom. And I was like, and if my insurance don't cover it, I want the, cause I think Abbott made one at the time to Libre, Libre or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, I was like, I want this one, but if I can't get this one, I want this one. <laughs> he and said, uh, he said, I want the, I want this one, but if I can't have that one, I'll take the cheap one. <laughs> yeah. I was <laughs> like, I, I was like, I don't care. I want this thing to tell right. us all the time. Right. Like, What'd you end up getting? Uh, we ended up getting the Dexcom. Okay. Um, it took a little while, obviously. Um, I ended up like, you know, calling Dexcom and having them kind of start the ball rolling and then uh, calling my, uh, well, his endocrinologist, they wanted to have us test for a while. You know, the, I guess the same old routine that almost everybody goes through. Mm-hmm. Did you tell them I can actually test at the same time he's wearing a Dexcom? Yeah. <laughs> no, I didn't think about that, but I was like, well, I know well, how to do this. Yeah. And they're like, what do you, what do you mean? I'm like, well, we have to test the blood sugar at pretty much of every patient at my job. Like every time we pick up um, a patient, um, we test their blood sugar, you know, okay. if we think it's that or not. And, uh, okay. So it's like, I, I'm pretty sure I understand how I got uh, this down. Commodore works. I've been using it. Yeah. Cause I've been doing, I've been doing this for like a decade at that time. I'm like, yeah, I've been doing this for a long time. Like I know how to do, I know how to use this. Right. Well, how soon after he got out of the hospital did you have a CGM? Um, I know we went through 
the whole summer and then some of the some of the winter um without it because i know some stuff came up i know we were um we were in uh i want to say we were like doing like the chicago zoo like you walk through the lights mm-hmm. and i was like oh if i just had uh if i just had a cgm this would be so much easier because i had to like test them and stuff mm-hmm. and he, you know if he gets high then i'm like trying to get it back down or whatever and so um, was that an insurance thing that made it take that long or was it the doctor pushing you back um i think it was just a little bit of everything you know a little bit of the insurance they had some rules like you have to you know test this many times a day and this and that and obviously we had the the prescriptions that prove that so it just seemed and then the the doctor's office oh we want you to um you know do finger sticks for a certain amount of time and just like a little bit of everything kind of piled up so um i ended up calling my insurance and finding out you know what do they cover and all that kind of stuff so i did i did kind of all the legwork so that i didn't like pick one and then and then get everything approved and then they're like yeah your insurance doesn't pay for this you know but so you were pretty ready by the time it came you knew how to how you wanted to use it and what it was going to do for you Oh yeah, yeah. I had I had a basic idea of you know um, what it did, how it worked. You know, watched a bunch of YouTube videos. You know, how to put it on, all that kind of stuff. So I was like ready to go when it came in the mail. I'm like, let's do this. And they're like, they had like a um, a Zoom, like a Zoom meeting with I think with a Dexcom nurse or something like that. And they were like, "Oh, we got to do this." We, get, I'm like, I want to put this thing on now, <laughs> <laughs> lady. I've been thinking about this for a few months now. I'm good to go. Well, I know where I want to put it. I think I know how to insert it. Let's go. Um, what did you learn, or did you learn anything shocking or surprising after you could see his blood sugar constantly? Um, yeah, I we saw the like, because so at first when they um when they you know, tell you, it's like, here, you get the, you get the lunch or dinner or whatever ready. You figure out how many carbs it is, and then you dose for that. And then you give them the food. So like, originally I'm thinking, you know, when this goes, I'm thinking it's more like a a medicine that we give at work, you know, which is working through an IV in, you know, a couple minutes, not realizing that, you know, some insulins take 15, 20, 25 minutes to work. And so, I'm dosing him. And then, you know, when you check whatever, three hours later, his numbers are good. Well, I didn't realize he was like spiking, you know, 180, 210, like, and then coming back down. So that, that was the biggest surprise to me. I was like, man, why is these huge spikes here? Like we're ending at the right area, but you know, why are we, why is he spiking and then falling back down? Right. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, I had the same experience. I just like, I used to, I think they do this thing before CGMs. They wanted you to test at certain times and the times they would give you to test actually did give you the uh, greatest chance. I, I should say of getting a number close to what you were hoping for. So, you know, test before you eat, make a decision off of that, that number, how much insulin you need for food and to correct this number. And then don't test again for like three hours or more after they eat. And then you'll see where you ended up and you're like, okay. And you know, 
gosh, I started at 150, I ended at 110. This went pretty good because in your mind, <clears throat> excuse me, in your mind, you never went over 150 and you didn't go under 110. It's just how your brain like tricks you into believing this is what must have happened, you know. Then you throw on yeah. that CGM and you see, you see 150 went to 170, went to 210, it was 280. Then it dropped like a rock for five minutes. Then it leveled off at 200. Then it fell again. And, you know, then you tested and you were 110. And you're like, oh, everything's fine. Uh, it, it it shifts your perspective. So once you know that you want to make a change, what's the first change you make? And how do you figure out how to make that change? Um, well, then uh, I want to say the first change we did was, you know, start to uh, start pre-bolusing and stuff like that. Um. I actually didn't want to like, so he's young. So I'm like, I don't, I don't know if I want him to wear a pump. You know, I was like, I don't know how, how beneficial that can be. So we kind of tried all the other stuff, you know, trying to do a pre-bolus, trying to find different foods that might not have like such um, a hard hit. Cause he was like a big, like milk drinker. Mm -hmm. And he used to love those, like, um, those like they're in the breakfast aisle they're like but they're they're not just milk they're they got like protein and stuff like that in yeah, them sure and they had way more sugar than like some other brands but you know we weren't paying attention to that beforehand and i'm like man these things have a lot of sugar in them and so you start looking at different brands like okay well this this might not hit as hard this you know this might not be is drastic. So I think the first step was like pre-bolusing and um, trying to choose foods that may not have had like such a, uh, such a big effect on the, on the sugars rising so fast. Yeah. It's funny. Once you start paying attention, what you learn <clears throat> about food specifically, I eat people who don't have diabetes in my life. Sometimes I'm like, don't eat that. Like there's nothing valuable about that at all, you know, or, or I'll say like, you have no idea what that would do to Arden's blood sugar. I'm totally interested in what it's going to tax your pancreas with. Um, you know, like there's just certain things. I mean, you know, you don't have to look at labels for very long. You just certain things you're like, this is probably not a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. There's things, uh, there's things that I eat and drink and I'm like, man, I wish I had a Dexcom on right now. I'd love to see how this, how this affected me. I'm going to say milk with added sugar is definitely one of them. <laughs> so, yeah. but drinks are where, where we get so much sugar that people don't realize, you know, it just, it comes in, I don't know, you, you know, it's sort of like, I don't know. It's sort of like a condiment when you're when you're counting your carbs. Like sometimes you forget to count the condiment, which has seven, eight, nine carbs in it. You're just like, oh, that's not food. That's a condiment. Um, and sometimes I think it, people are similar with you know drinks. They're like, oh, it's not food, so I don't have to worry about its impact. But you get a lot of a lot of stuff goes in your body through your liquids, so you have to be really careful. Yeah, yeah. I never I never realized until you know until you see so you it. You had to look, yeah. Well, that makes sense. So um, you were injecting for how long? How long did your mom get off of uh, having to babysit? <laughs> um, so we injected for for a, for a while. Like, I know, oh, man, I don't even know how long we've been on it. Probably, probably coming up on a year now, I guess we've been on the pump. Right. Um, but it felt like forever. Like, cause we had, you know, we had that CGM and then, um, I, I, like I said before, I was kind of a, 
against the pump. I was like, man, just this is more stuff. Like, like what do you, you, you know, if the pump fails, you have to have a way to give it. So you're still carrying the pen around. So it's like, I don't, I don't know if I want to do it. And then I think that's how I ended up actually finding your podcast is I, I was doing like a little bit of research on the pump. Cause his mom was like, I think we should do this. I think we should do this. I was like, okay, let me, let me look into it and then I'll see it, you know? And, uh, I think I, I think I found the, something about the Omnipod and then it like linked to your, um, to your podcast. And then, so I listened to your podcast and then I was like, man, I don't even like, I don't even listen to podcasts. So <laughs> I was like, how do I even find, like do this? So I had just gotten an Apple phone and uh, it had the little like podcast app on there. I was like, I wonder if it's in here. And then that's when I started listening to it. And then I was like, oh yeah, we're in a pump. <laughs> like, oh, let's get on this now. That's cool. Um, you know, earlier we skipped over something. So, you know, we, you, we talked about you seeing what was happening after meals. Mm-hmm. And did you then you jump to like talking about a pump? Cause I think you're going to talk about how you started treating with a pump, but it, did it take that much time? Did you see what was happening with meals and just let that happen? Or did you, because now you're telling me you didn't really find the podcast until the pump. So you wouldn't have really known about pre-bolusing unless somebody brought it up to you besides me. Did someone else bring it up? Um, I, I feel like I read it somewhere. Okay. Um, you know, trying to, cause I know, and I didn't, I guess I didn't actually have a word for it. Um, but you know, I would see like, okay, we injected here. Now, now we're watching on the Dexcom and he's eating and then it's rising and then it's falling. And it's like, you know, kind of putting two and two together. Like they're, you know, why is it, why is it doing this? Why is it taking so long to like kick in? And then it made sense to you. Yeah. It kind of on a, on a basic level kind of made sense. I just didn't have like a term for it or anything like that. So I know we did because at first, like I would like dose him. I'd like give him his food now, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like in a panic. And, and yeah, and you're all like freaking out if it takes like five minutes, and then you know, come to find out, you're like, oh no, he's got ten more minutes before he can eat that. He had a little more time than you think. Um, I love. I'm, I'm enjoying talking to a guy. How old are you? Um, uh, 36. I don't get to talk to a, 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 as many men as I do women. And I yeah. love you have so many guy answers. Like if I said to you, like, David, ask me what time of day my children were born. I'd say, I, I don't know. <laughs> but if you ask my wife, my wife knows the exact minute they were born. Um, you know, how long ago did Arden get uh, an insulin pump? Like, I know that because of the podcast. But trust me, if it wasn't for the podcast, I have no idea. I I swear to you right now, if you ask me what day Arden was diagnosed, I, I don't know. It, it's like later in august <laughs> you know <laughs> I, yeah it's it all kind of blended together because like i remember we you know i remember dosing with a with a pen and it felt like forever and i remember not having a dexcom and that you know and it feel but it feels like i've had a dexcom well he's had a dexcom for ever now and it feels like he's had a pump forever too um yeah so I'm just telling i know you. all that I know if that boy's mom was here and I said, when did you start using a pump? She'd be like April 16th, 2020. <laughs> yeah. She would definitely have the dates <laughs> exactly. way better than me. Yeah. I don't know. I enjoy this. I, I love the 
um, in specific nature of your answers. Can I, cause I don't think it matters to be perfectly honest. Um, but, and I, I also think it's a good, it's a good view into people's minds and how, you know, life is busy and, you know, there's a lot going on with diabetes, obviously, and your, and your job and work and just trying to raise a kid in general. It's hard to remember all this stuff. And, you know, it starts to blur together after a while. I don't, there's nothing wrong with it. I was just kind of teasing you. I thought it was hilarious. Um, Okay, so now you've got a you've got a pump, you've got the CGM. You figured out how to start pre-bolusing. The pump leads you to the podcast. What does the podcast lead you to? It leads me to like, well, first, so I was doing the research on the pump, found the podcast, and then after listening to the podcast, because I was like, there's a lot of like good info in this podcast. So me, I, I guess, being who I am, I went to like episode one. And just started listening because my, my drive to work's probably, it's almost, I can almost fit a whole podcast in it. So okay. I usually start it on my way to work and then on my way home, I'll, uh, I'll finish it. And I, I just started hammering those out and finding out kind of how much you can manipulate, um, the pump and find out, you know, how you can adjust the basils and do all that stuff. And so that's kind of where, you know, the podcast and the pump led me to was just having way more control over it. Not just thinking of the insulin as something that you put in and then it goes off and does whatever it does. And you're just hoping it doesn't run you over. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. I'm glad. I also appreciate when you went back to listen at the beginning. Thank you. Yeah, I listened uh, I want to say like 250 episodes before I like came. I, I was like, I need to hear stuff because, you know, there's so much stuff going on this past like year. I was like, I need to hear some like fresh new stuff because I actually found it interesting in the beginning. Um, I want to say it was before like Dash came out and I want to say it might have even been before Dexcom six came out Mm -hmm. so it i kind of like to hear like it it makes me appreciate it you know you you get that one bad dexcom or you get that one bad pump you know something fails or whatever but it it makes me appreciate like what people had to go through with like the older um the older technology you know that yeah they they like i have no idea how you know what a what a whatever g4 g5 whatever they whatever you know, setbacks or whatever they had. So like hearing other people talk about them and stuff kind of made me appreciate everything we got now. Yeah. It's funny how it ends up working. Cause Arden's had them for a while. I, I, I go back and forth. I think the seven plus was her first one, which I know is weird because in, in current times, people think of G five, G six and G seven coming out soon, but there was, yeah. like a, you know, they went to a, a different naming system at G4. They they started four, five, six, and now seven's coming. Um, but nonetheless, it, it's just like every other technology thing. You get it. It's the best thing you've ever seen. And you're like, this is amazing. Then you use it for a while, and you're like, this is amazing, but I wish it did this, or I wish it didn't do that, or it would be nice if this was rounder. You know, whatever. You, you start yeah. thinking. And the company thinks the same thing. They're like, huh, that makes sense. They hear feedback from people. They use it themselves. They go, all right, well, we'll make a little adjustment. You get the next one. And immediately you're like, this is the best thing I've ever seen. (laughs) 
you know? And I just try to imagine that at some point there was a person in the world who was like, wait, I can buy a glass vial for my, for my needle and boil it at home and keep it clean. This is the best thing I've ever seen, you know? Yeah. Yeah, That that's a crazy, that's even a crazy thing to think about that people had to like boil stuff at home. Last hundred years though. Just remember insulin, like people were only giving themselves insulin. It's literally a hundred years this year. Like, so insulin's a hundred years old in 2021. I, I know it's about 2022 now, but only by a couple months. So insulin's only a hundred years old. And we went from good luck. You're going to die, you know, to here, inject this, this will maybe keep you alive to, Hey, run around a lot. Don't eat carbs ever. Maybe that'll keep you alive a little longer to no, we figured this out, inject this. People started living with diabetes. It sounds sad looking backwards, right? But at, prior to insulin, you got diabetes type one, you just died. Like that was it. Yeah. You know, that's 101 years ago. I have diabetes type one, I'm going to die. And then all of a sudden, here's some insulin. Some people lived really well on it. You hear some lucky stories from the beginning. People just went on forever. But even if you got people into their thirties and forties back then, it was a huge win. Like you, they got a life that they weren't going to get, you know? And then, yeah, it's like, that's a crazy thing to like even to consider trying to fathom and, yeah. and everything from the past colors, the future. So that's what slows down care. Sometimes is that sometimes you're talking to an older doctor who has a foot in the past and they're just like, please, if you make, you know, there was probably a time in the last 30 years that they thought if you make it to 40, good for you. And now all of a sudden people are saying like, look, there really may be no reason given current insulins and technology that this even impacts the length of your life if you understand it early enough. Um, I'm thrilled that you figured it out that early. You know, see that little thing people made fun of you for? David goes down rabbit holes. It helped. Although, in fairness, your ex seemed to know before you. <laughs> She's like, yeah, I was like, why are you so set on a pump? Like, why? Why do you want this? And then I started reading about it and I was like, oh, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you if you'd have said that a couple more times while you're married, you might still be married. <laughs> <laughs> yeah a lesson learned david uh so <laughs> i'll tell you what the next girl is going to be right about everything <laughs> oh yeah. yeah she is my girlfriend is right about everything see <laughs> i knew it david doesn't have money to do that twice he's he's, <laughs> he's you're right you're 100 right we should definitely let, let, let we're gonna light the cat on fire because it seems like it's something you want to do let's do it um I, that's hilarious not that women want to light cats on fire you understand what i'm saying i picked a crazy <laughs> idea and yeah not <laughs> i understand where you're going i know you do but there are women listening who are like i would never light a cat on fire I'm like i know you wouldn't <laughs> calm down uh oh now i said calm down to women now i'm screwed right yeah, see i haven't yeah, learned now, it. i've been now married you're done i've been married how long and look at me in an attempt to be funny i said the worst thing in the world that you're allowed <laughs> you're not allowed to say calm down to people that definitely does not work. No, no. It as the at listen. I joke around with um. I don't. Do you, are you in the Facebook group? Yeah. Uh, so do you know Isabel moderates the group for me? Uh, I didn't. I didn't know that much. I I just I definitely um try to, you know, inject where I can or whatever. And uh, but I didn't know. Like I don't know any of the moderators. So it's just that. one. It's me and this lovely woman named Isabel who helps. You know. Um, Mostly what she sticks with is like, you know, she jumps in, gives like pushes like people like, oh, you have a question. This episode will help with that. Like she's doing that kind of stuff, which is really great. Okay. But we talk privately and I joked with her recently and I said, um, 
I'm going to write a book. It's going to be a short book. It's going to be called Things You Can't Say to Your Wife. It'll be like a pamphlet. And um, <laughs> Calm Down, definitely one of them. Uh, you know, <laughs> I just I think how many lives could be saved if you just oh, knew. That, yeah, you just hand it out at, uh, at the wedding. Exactly. I think I told her, I'm like, we're going to call it like, you can't say to your wife. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was like, I'm going to sell a million of them. <laughs> and they're only, uh, they're only going to be like, it's going to be like three or four pages long, but it's going to save your life. You keep it like a reference in your pocket. You know, you you feel yourself talking, you flip to it and you go, Ooh, no, nah, I can't say that. Never mind. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And by the way, there are things you shouldn't say to your husband either, but I don't see anybody sweating that. Yeah, they don't worry about that too much. <laughs> Look at you generalizing. You said they. <laughs> now you're in trouble. Good. <laughs> Get me off the hook. Um, excellent. So how would you say your son's doing now, diabetes-wise? What, what would you categorize, you know, his day-to-day like? Um, I'd say he's he's doing really well. It definitely matured him. So that's kind of a... It's a good thing, but also a little bit of a sad thing. Um, but he, so we got him, obviously, I, I use a lot of your advice. We got him a cell phone, um, which he has at school. So he's got everything there and he's got his, uh, I don't know what it's called, PDM. We call it a doser. Doser? <laughs> so that's cool. Yeah, doser. So he... Um, you know, if anything happens, if he starts to go a little high, so I have his high set, um, fairly high, just so it doesn't beep at school, um, which is 200, but mine's set at 160. So if it, if mine goes off, I can just text him like, Hey, dose this much. And then, uh, he just goes up to his teacher, tells her he needs to do something. She's like, no problem. And then he, um, they don't have desks. So he, he keeps everything in his backpack, which is like in the hallway of school. Mm -hmm. So he'll just go out in the hallway if he needs to dose or if he needs, you know, a little piece of candy or something to bring him up or, or down, you know, whatever he needs to do. Um, he can just go in the hallway, take care of it, come back. And, uh, the teachers have been great about it. They, you know, every year we sit down and do the, um, you know, the prep for the school year and they're, they're basically just like, what do you need us to do? What do you want us to do? But he's kind of getting to that age where he can do a lot of it himself. And I've started uh, kind of like quizzing him like, Hey, what would you dose for this? And he'll say, you know, in the beginning he would be like, well, I don't know. I don't know. And I'm like, just guess. He's like, well, what if I'm wrong? I'm like, well, don't worry. We're not listening to you. You're a kid. I'm just wanting your guess. <laughs> no, I listen to him. Do you? I'll be like, I'll be like, if you're wrong, then we'll either give you more insulin because you need more insulin or we'll give you some juice to bring your number back up. Mm. But then you learned from that. Okay. You know, now I know, you know, he'll, I'll say, well, how many units is this? And he'll be like, uh, 1.2, you know? And then I'm like, okay, yeah. If you need more insulin, you need more. So a lot of times if, if I think he's close, I just, I'll go with it. And truthfully, a lot of times he ends up being more right than I would have been. <laughs> yeah, I do that too. Honestly, <laughs> I, I think it's a great way to teach them and let them see it in person. Like, don't get me wrong. If I thought something, Oh my God, hold on. <clears throat> I cannot wait for winter to be over. Hold on a second. So dry. Um, I, 
you know, don't get me wrong. If Arden was like, I think that's 11 units. And I was like, I think <laughs> it's three. I'd be like, mm, I think you're wrong, y- you know, but um, let's go over it. But I take your point. Like, if you think, I don't know, this is three and he says three and a half. I'm like, yeah, whatever. You, you know, think speaking of the old PDM from Omnipod, you used to have to hold. You might still have to on some of them. You have to hold this arrow up to, you know, make the, the number climb. Um, you know, when you're trying to decide how much insulin you use, I know most people probably put the carbs in and let the pump decide, but you know, I used a little yeah. more and I, I just whipped that arrow up. And as the number was climbing, I just take my thumb off it. If I meant to get to five units and it stopped at 5.3, I was usually like, that's fine. <laughs> you know, I just kind of put it in. I mean, because my experience was I was frequently, her blood sugars were high anyway. So I mean, I guess I didn't have enough is how I was thinking about it. I was like, ah, five, 5.3. What's the difference? Um, you know, I know 0.3 is the difference, but you know, I was just like, yeah, like, give it a shot. And I think you'll learn a lot from that by not being caught in that panic that you kind of described earlier about when you put the insulin in, everyone knows that feeling. Like I've injected the insulin. It's an early on feeling with diabetes. Oh my God, start eating. You know, like right now, like 30 seconds passes in the beginning and you start to like, you flop sweat, you know, like, oh my God, this is bad. Like, you know, something bad's going to happen. Now we'll pre-bolus, you know, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes if we need to. Arden and I were in a restaurant the other day and we were like pre-bolusing, walking through the parking lot. <laughs> Just like here. Yeah, that's you the know. that's the one I find hard. It's like, you never know how quick they're going to be at the restaurant. Well, be, every once in a while, I won't lie, David, every once in a while you're sitting there going, uh, where's the food? Where's the food? But, you know, we were walking through the parking lot, weren't a lot of cars there, middle of the day. I was like, go ahead. Like your her blood sugar was like one twenty. I was like, go ahead and bolus. Like not all of it, but let's do half of it now. Get it. Get yeah, it. Yeah, that's get it that's what I did when we went. We went out to eat with my dad, and uh, I like pre bolused. I want to say like like two thirds of the meal, and I'm like, I'll just give you the re- when it gets here because yeah. we use um, Fiasp. Mm-hmm. Fiasp. Fiasp. So it works pretty it tends to Yeah, it tends to work a little bit quicker. Um, for him, yeah. so oh, no, pre-bolusing no. now ain't such a huge deal as it was before. I cr- we we crushed that meal yesterday. Now the thing we messed up was that there were French fries involved, and we both kind of said like you're gonna need insulin for the fat and the fries later. And then I like we went home and like like parted ways, and I just forgot to bring it up again, and she forgot about it. And then next yeah. thing you know, I was like fighting with a fat rise. Her and I were fighting with a fat rise for like two hours. And then we finally broke it and, and brought it back down again. Um, but the meal itself, like, man, like that pre-bolus was legit. It, we, we, we sat and ate. Her blood sugar was like 88 while we were eating. And, That's um, awesome. Yeah. And it's not just awesome. It lets you sit there and talk like people instead of, you know, you go in, you you do what you do. And 10 minutes later, you hear like beeping or you test and you're like, oh, it's already going up. It ruins everything, you know, so. Yeah, it kind of interrupts yeah, where you were it's just at in your conversation or whatever. Yeah, it's hard to sit and just be, you know, when you're trying to, you know, when you're you're chasing this number, when just, you know, getting the insulin on the right side of the meals is pretty much all you need to do. So anyway, um, do you remember why you wanted to come on at this point? Or do you feel reasonably okay about this conversation? Um, I feel pretty good about it. I mean, I just, I just, I guess appreciated like hearing a lot of people's different stories and um you know just wanted to uh kind of share my story well i really appreciate that honestly i um the podcast is 
it's nothing without people like you. I, um, I mean, the management stuff is great and I think it's terrific and I could talk about it forever. Um, but I don't think it would be as entertaining and I don't think it would be as interesting. And I think maybe great stories, hearing people's lives draws people in and then it allows them to go look for the management stuff. Um, you know, I was talking to somebody, I was pitching, I can probably tell you this, hold on. Yeah, I can tell you this because by the time yours comes out, it'll be long past. So, um, I was pitching the Helmsley Foundation yesterday on having somebody from their foundation come on the podcast. This is probably words you don't know anything about, but um, there's a charitable foundation called the Helmsley Foundation. Um, and suddenly, a number of years ago, they just shifted to starting to support diabetes. And it felt like it was almost out of nowhere. And it turns yeah. out that somebody that came into the foundation has children with type 1. And um, I was you know, talking to a PR person yesterday, talking about how I would like to have him on. His name is David, coincidentally. And um, <laughs> yeah, and it really is weird because I don't think I've interviewed that many Davids. Um, so, you know, I'm talking to her about what I think, you know, why I would like him to come on the podcast and, you know, what story I want to get. And I think at first she was sort of like, this is different than what people usually ask about. You know, like they want to know about the foundation. They want to know about like what they're doing. And I'll get to that while we're talking. But I would really just like to hear what it's like for him to be the father of kids with type one and what drove him to do what he's doing. You know, just a just a an interesting conversation with a person. Like no no need to come on and read your manifesto of the information you want to get out into the world because that's not interesting to people. Um and so I find somebody like you incredibly interesting. I feel I feel like regular stories are accessible and that people can find their way through, you know, through you. Um, so I really appreciate you doing this. Not that, you know, the guy from Helmsley is not going to be really interesting, but if I just had on, I don't know, practiced voices in the diabetes community over and over again, you would just hear the same four stories over and over again. So, yeah, you know, I really do appreciate you taking the time to do this. Yeah. I find, uh, that the stories it's, it's kind of like we, um, your podcast is kind of like how we, train like as emts and stuff a lot of times or even as firefighters a lot of times you get somebody that's you know been like they're teaching the class so they'll teach you something in the class but then they always have a story related to whatever they're teaching you so like i've been learning kind of that way since i've been doing this and so when I found the podcast, I was like, uh, I don't know, stuff really stuck with me. And I don't know if it's just because that's how I've been kind of learning through my career. Mm -hmm. So I, I just find it like super easy to retain stuff that people say. And then I can, you know, look it up, do my own yeah. research, see how, it, you know, try it out or whatever it may be. Um, but yeah, that's, that's what I find super helpful. It's amazing. I'm, I'm happy that it, that it's valuable to you. I really am. I just, it just, it's obvious to me that these conversations are important and that they don't have to have any goal when they start, you know, like, I mean, honestly, you came on to say, you know, in, in your intake form, you're just like, I don't know, like, you know, I like the podcast and we got some technology, but we didn't talk about any of that really. And, um, it's an insight into your mind and your situation. 
and then other people can hear it and find commonality and think, okay, like that worked for him or it didn't work for him, or I could try this, or maybe, listen, maybe guys are just listening right now going, I can't tell my wife to calm down. No, you can't. (laughs) You cannot tell her that. It doesn't even matter if she's literally, if that's the best advice in the world, you're not allowed to say that. Um, (laughs) I I could say it. Actually, I've actually had private conversations with people where they're really upset about diabetes. And I'll say, can I tell you something that I assume your spouse wants to say to you, but they won't? They're like, sure. I'm like, you got to calm the fuck down. (laughs) I'm like, you're out of your mind. Like, just relax a little bit. You know what I mean? You can't just, um, you know, like you you can't just, you can't be at this level of panic constantly. It's not okay. But it's not a something, it's not something you'll accept from a person in your home. You know, you'll you'll accept it from a stranger, but I, I don't know. Anyway, somebody gets something out of this conversation and um, maybe it leads them to another conversation or leads them to a device or how to fight for something that they need with their doctor, whatever it ends up being. Like it would be, it would be foolish of me. I think it would be foolish of anybody, but it does seem to be how some people try to do stuff to try to take an hour of conversation and decide this is what this is going to be about. And then I get you on and I force the conversation into that direction because that's not fun to listen to. And then even if we do get to the thing, um, you know, that's on the title, it, it might be so stilted and uncomfortable that people just wouldn't listen to it to begin with. So I just say talk and whatever comes out, comes out and then we'll do it again tomorrow. You know? Yeah. I appreciate it, David. I really do. Yeah, I d- um the one the one thing I'd have to say that like the podcast did that helped me out the most was to not just kind of take what the doctors like want to do or what they say. Like when we go into his doctor's appointments, I'll be like, "This is what we're doing. This is what we need. This is how it's going." And his his A1C has gone from above seven to let's see, it was 5.9. And then this last one was like Mm 6.1. And my, like my real goal is like six. Like if we can just stay around six, I'm happy. Anything better than that is, you know, a win, but I'm not trying to, you know, stress them out or anything. So I've, I feel like we're, you know, hitting my goal And when I go into the doctor's office, actually, so his doctor doesn't have type one diabetes. I found the most helpful people to talk to in the office are the nurses that have diabetes. I can imagine. Yeah. Like I, I can get so much good information from them. Like I saw a nurse wearing, she was wearing a Libre and I thought she was just wearing it to see how it feels, test it out. She's like, She's like, oh, I usually use Dexcom, but she's like, we had these laying around and they're expired. So I'm just using them up. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, wait, you actually need that? She's like, yeah. And I was like, oh, let me pick your brain. <laughs> yeah. No, I agree. I think it's a great idea. Um, this, you know, what you just said made me want to ask you, are you interested in Omnipod 5? Are you going to try an algorithm? Uh, I, I want it so bad. I'm on the like whatever the wait list or the interested list or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause my son has, it's so weird. He'll, and it doesn't matter what he eats, but at night when he goes to bed, his sugar will just shoot up. And 
sometimes it's just so stubborn to get back down. And it's at first I thought it was like growth spurts because it would happen, then it would stop. But like sometimes it happens for like weeks and weeks and just never seems to stop. And then when it stops, it only will stop for like a day or two. And then it's back to like being super difficult nights. Yeah. Well, I think you're going to enjoy it. That that's, um, yeah, I'm, I want I'm interested in seeing like what it does. Cause I've raised his basil at night, like almost double what is it, what it is during the day. Right. And it helps, but I'm just like, man, I need this algorithm. I need to see what, what it does. Tell me, I have a computer telling me what to do. Yeah, need to sleep too. Um, yeah, no, that's amazing. Actually, you know, I, I, I know this little like anecdote about Omnipod that I, I pops in my head all the time, and I, I always swallow it because I'm not sure that I'm supposed to say it, but I'm just gonna say it now so I never think about it again. You mentioned earlier you were like uh, the PDM, but we call it the doser. Yeah. So I know that there's a person who works at Omnipod, really high up at Omnipod who came into the company and one of the things they said was, why, why are we calling this thing a PDM? It's such a clunky, like weird name, but it was yeah. kind of so ingrained in the, you know, in the device at that point, they couldn't just like change it. And, you know, it, and it stands for personal diabetes manager, which is just, you know, very indicative of probably, you know, they were starting the company and they're like, what do we call this thing? And somebody yeah. probably said, like, it's a personal diabetes manager. They're like, oh, okay, let's call it that. You, you know, but I, I think it's 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 very it's a very good thought that it would be cool if it had a better name. And I just when you said that, I thought, I bet that person wishes it was called a doser or something else. <laughs> um, but I wouldn't be surprised, just based on what I know, if one day that name just kind of like slowly translates into something else. Um, I always kind of keep an eye out for that to see if that ever happens. Cause I know there's somebody in the company who's like PDM. Why are we saying that? Um, I know PDM sounds like so like nineties to me. Well, I think it is. And I think it is. And, and that, <laughs> then that's why. So I bet you one day it gets changed. And if it ever gets changed, I'm going to, after it happens, I'm going to get the person on the podcast who I know would be spearheading that, that movement and get them to tell the funny story of when they got there and they were like, what are we calling this thing? <laughs> so anyway, I, I had to get that out of my head. It pops into my head like three times a month and I'm tired of it happening. I figured if I said it out loud, it would just be gone. So I appreciate yeah, it. Well, tell them if they, uh, you know, if they want to name it doser, I'm totally fine with that. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have that <laughs> copyrighted or anything like that. No, <laughs> I think it'd be better off. If it was called the thing. <laughs> I know. I'll be like, "Hey, do you have do you have your yeah, get the thing the doser? Do you have the doser with you?" And he'll be like, "Yep." I'm like, "Okay." I know for certain that if you asked Arden what her lance was called, I don't imagine she would call it a lance. I don't know what she would call it. I don't even think we call it anything. I hear people call it pricker or this. I've heard somebody say it was the stabber once and <sighs> stabber. Uh, that yeah, sounds bad. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, I wouldn't say that if I was you. Uh, but um, anyway, I don't even know what Arden would call it. I almost guarantee she doesn't know the PDM is called. Well, no, she does because we would use that. We would say PDM a lot when she was younger. So I bet you that is stuck in her head. Um, but I don't know. I can't wait to see what they, they end up calling it now. I, I, or, you know, if eventually it'll just go to to your phone and you'll just call yeah. it, the, your, it'll be the Omnipod app. Yeah, that that would be so ideal. Because, yeah. I mean, him having him having his phone at school just makes it so much easier being able to text and stuff and 
yeah, that would that would be awesome. You know what's funny? Especially if they got it to an Apple Watch then after the phone. Yeah, I just realized like so that it's launching with like I think it's got phone control on like I don't know one Android at launch, and they're going to expand after that. But I just realized that um, la- language wise, you wouldn't call it anything once it was on the phone. Like when you look at your Dexcom, you don't think to open your Dexcom app. You just think that the place where you see your Dexcom is on your phone. So when you look at the app, that's your Dexcom to you. So yeah, because I'll I'll just ask them like, what's your number? Right. So it's not like it's even an app to them. It's a portal that, and you don't think about that way. So I imagine once phone control for pumps goes, you won't. It won't actually need a moniker like PDM. It'll just be like, you know, we need to bolus now, and then that'll just be the place your mind goes to to accomplish that. Like, I don't think of Netflix as being on an app, but it is. I just think of it as Netflix. Yeah. All right. I don't know why that's important to me. (laughs) Language is interesting. So, all right, David, thank you so much for doing this. I really do appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for letting me come on here and tell our story. Huge thanks to David for coming on the show and sharing that story. And I want to thank CozyEarth.com and remind you to use the offer code JUICEBOX at checkout to save 35% off your entire order. And TouchByType1.org. That's where you can go find out about all the events and the goings-ons and the things and the doings that Touch by Type 1 does. The doings that they does are at TouchByType1.org. I have a little time here, so let me thank you so much uh, for subscribing to the podcast. Those of you who have been doing it this week, you've driven the show up into the top 10 in the U.S. medicine category, and it's been staying there with some pretty big names. I really appreciate it. If you're not subscribed, please, please do. Looking for community around type 1 diabetes? Check out Juicebox Podcast Type 1 Diabetes on Facebook. That's pretty much all I got for you today. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back very soon with another episode of the Juice Box Podcast.